This episode of Intelligent Medicine is brought to you by Propax with NT Factor, a complete vitamin and mineral formula. NT Factor is the only nutritional formula clinically proven to reduce fatigue, whatever the cause, whether it be age, illness, or just being run down. NT Factor repairs damaged cells, restores healthy bacteria in your digestive tract. Clinical trials have shown NT Factor reduces fatigue by almost half, and it even reverses some symptoms of aging. I've been taking NT Factor for years, and now the 45-day money-back guarantee you have nothing to lose. To order, call 800-982-9158. That's 800-982-9158. Or go to ntfactor.com. That's ntfactor.com. Welcome back to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. Today, because it's kind of an emergency, uh, we're breaking precedent to uh, have a, a long discussion about long COVID. COVID is one thing, but uh, a lot of people are confident that they'll survive COVID. But uh, the problem arises for many people who even have mild to moderate COVID that they have long-term symptoms. It's called PASC, post-acute sequelae of SARS-CoV-2, that's the medical name for it. We're going to keep calling it uh, long COVID or long hauler syndrome. Our guest is Dr. Leo Galland. He's done a deep dive on this subject. Uh, he's put this all together in a form that uh, is a coherent action plan for people who suffer from long COVID. There's lots of uh, free resources that he's generously made available uh, at his website, drgalland.com. And uh, in part one, part one and two, we talked about uh, introduced a five part program to ameliorate uh, the symptoms of long COVID. So uh, it starts with lifestyle. So what are we talking about here? We already talked about diet and yes, a plant based diet, lots of omega threes, plenty of fiber, lots of polyphenols, that all helps. But what are the other components of a lifestyle program? Okay. Uh, well, there's sleep and exercise. And uh, sleep is very important for recovery from COVID. Um, having COVID sometimes screws up the sleep cycle. Uh, if you, you should really try to keep regular hours to bed at the same time. A lot of common sense stuff. Um, you know, I mean, don't stay up on your iPhone late at night. Um, in fact, don't bring it to bed. Uh, you know, so, um, get off your laptop early enough. You need darkness basic at night, sleep hygiene daylight measures. during the day. Yeah. Basic sleep hygiene. And if you need sleep aids, use them. And what what um, complicates if, long COVID is that it sometimes causes sleep disturbances. It's kind of like when you have a flu, you know, you, you just don't, you have this restless sleep, you don't sleep well, and then you wake up exhausted, unrefreshed. So what are the, some of the things that can be used to uh, deepen sleep, natural things, because we really don't want people taking uh, pharmaceutical okay, sleeping right. medications. Right, right. I mean, I, I would start with melatonin if melatonin doesn't leave you feeling too drowsy the next day. Um, and whatever, because melatonin is also anti-inflammatory. And uh, the anti-inflammatory effects have been found at doses of 3 to 10 milligrams. Uh, I personally can't take 3 milligrams. I'd be in a coma. <laughs> but um, whatever dose you can take if you have problems with sleep, um, and if you have problems maintaining your sleep, use uh, um, a sustained release form. You can start with a half milligram and, and work up. Um, magnesium 
is very helpful for sleep, and so is glycine. So if if diarrhea is not a problem, magnesium glycinate, mm-hmm. the amino acid theanine, either on its own or combined with gabapentin in this, uh, I'm sorry, with uh, with GABA in this formula called um, Zen. Um, uh, those are all things that can help you fall asleep. Now, some quickly. of our patients are taking CBD, and you've noted in your uh, research that there there's actually a plausible role for uh, the endocannabinoid system in long COVID, and that CBD may, may help relax people, it may deepen sleep, but it may also be good generally for long COVID. Right, well, CBD has been shown to enhance uh, a hormone system, a regulatory peptide system called apolins, and apolins raise ACE2. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's been some laboratory research looking at CBD's effects on a laboratory model of COVID-19, and it was very beneficial. And it worked through through increasing levels of these apolins. Um, and apolins then increase ACE2, and a lot of the benefits of the apolins are due to ACE2. So definitely CBD. The, the main issue there is getting a quality product and enough of a dose, you know, in this laboratory um, study, the equivalent human dose of CBD that would be needed would be two or 300 milligrams mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for a person to take. Well, I mean, it's hard to get above 30 to 40 milligrams yeah, with the There, um, there are now some products, products over the counter that are, that are 50 and 100, so it is, it's attainable uh, with some of the newer formulations. CV mm-hmm. Sciences makes one that is 50, and I think they're making 100. Uh, so it, part two... You know, getting beyond life. Oh, you, you want to talk about exercise. Okay, so you're pooped. So, uh, yeah. so it's kind of paradoxical. How could exercise be beneficial here if you're suffering from exhaustion and fatigue? It, well, it, a lot of the fatigue and exhaustion involves deconditioning. So exercise is important for reconditioning. But here's what's critical. You should, if you crash after exercising, so the next day you have to rest, you did too much. You should only exercise to a level that allows you to do the same amount the next day. If you go above that, you're doing too much and you're contributing to the inflammation. Mm-hmm. So it's it's sort of graded uh, so exercise. That's, that's, it's kind of like, you know, do 20% of what your capacity is and uh, work up from that. Uh, right, right. And if 20% winds up, if you need a day off, you did too much. Yep. And I think that's the important principle to follow there. Okay, so then, um, and we talked about diet in the last segment. So supplements that can enhance ACE2 and um, reverse inflammate the inflammation. Um, three that are really at the top of my list. Vitamin D, curcumin, and resveratrol. And they have multiple beneficial effects in prevention and treatment of COVID-19 and in the effects of the long-haul syndrome. Um, the dose of curcumin that's probably, dose of vitamin D, I'll start with that one because it's inexpensive and it's been shown to be really important in COVID-19. That's going to vary from person to person. To, usually for an adult, that's going to be 2,000 to 6,000 units a day. It's best absorbed taken with your main meal because uh, you need food, food to absorb it. 
Um, and it's anti-inflammatory. It's been shown to help. Good vitamin D levels in blood have been shown to be protective against severity of COVID-19. Um, curcumin. In the human clinical trials of curcumin, and there are a lot of them, the benefits generally occur, uh, anti-inflammatory benefits and other benefits, including improvement in cognitive function, doses of 750 to 1,000 milligrams a day. Now, if you're using a nano-curcumin model uh, uh, product, maybe you can use half that dose or a liposomal, but uh, that's basically what you need. And there are two randomized controlled trials of um, curcumin for treatment of COVID-19 hmm. uh, that were just published, um, they, from one from India and one from Iran, and they showed significant benefits in people who were sick with COVID-19 in decreasing severity of disease, mortality, the need for supplemental oxygen, etc. I mean, the results were just as good as with any drug. Uh, better, actually. Hmm. Um, so curcumin, I think, is a real important component for prevention, treatment, and reversal of long COVID. Uh, resveratrol um, has been proposed as a treatment for COVID-19. It has definitely has antiviral activity um, and anti-coronavirus activity, um, but it, but there haven't been clinical trials uh, published as yet. In the clinical trials of resveratrol for um, anti-inflammatory and other benefits, um, including cognitive enhancement uh, in humans that have been published, and there are close to 300 overall. The doses used vary widely from as little as 75 milligrams to as much as 2,000 milligrams a day. And um, even doses of 75 milligrams a day have been shown to have positive effects. Mm. I generally, in my practice, have been giving people 400 to 600 milligrams mm -hmm. a day. And if you can get a liposomal form of it, it is likely to be better absorbed and more bioavailable. Mm -hmm. um, those, are, um, those are really critical. Oh, and when it comes, um, fish oils may also enhance. Enhance um, ACE2. Uh, ACE2, and they do that indirectly in the same way that CB do, CBD does uh, through the apolin system. Administering fish oils to humans, there's a clinical trial of elderly men with heart failure, giving them um, just 1,200 milligrams of uh, EPA plus DHA per day, uh, raise the apolin level in blood. Uh, and, 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 of course, DHA can be and, beneficial for the brain and, and would be helpful for a cognitive repair. Right. Right. Um, although, when it comes to the blood vessels, EPA seems EPA to is be superior. Yeah. The, for the, circulatory. The, the superior mm -hmm. form. And for mood, for things like depression, EPA mm -hmm. is, the, is the superior form. Right. Um, when it comes to cognitive enhancement, there are several um, controlled clinical trials showing cognitive enhancement with omega-3s, um, but you need a high dose. You need probably need 3,000 milligrams of EPA plus DHA. The ratio used was two parts EPA to one part DHA. Um, and 
Um, and that effect was enhanced by alpha-lipoic acid, um, which is a commonly widely available antioxidant at a dose of about 600 milligrams a day. Mm-hmm. Alpha-lipoic acid also enhances ACE2, and, an, and it does that through a different mechanism by decreasing the breakdown and the shedding of ACE2 from cells. So I would say core supplements, just to summarize it, vitamin D, 2,000 to 6,000 IUs a day, curcumin, 750 to 1,000 milligrams a day, resveratrol, 400 to 600 milligrams a day, uh, fish oil, um, supplying 3,000 milligrams of EPA plus DHA per day, and alpha-lipoic acid, about 600 milligrams a day. Okay, and then there's um, uh, the mitochondria, yeah. which appear to be hit hard by COVID-19. Uh, that's the energy factory within the cell. And restoring mitochondrial function is something there's, there's a lot of nutritional uh, components to that. Right. And the, the single nutrient that's been the most studied is coenzyme Q10. And there you need, um, it needs to be spread out during the day. Um, if you're using the CoQH, the, the ubiquinol, the reduced form, um, 100 milligrams twice a day may do it. Uh, if you're using ubiquinone, you're going to need it at least three times a day. Um, and, it, and it wouldn't hurt to do even do four times a day. Um, that is in the prevention of migraine, which is a mitochondrial dysfunction disorder. 400 milligrams a day. It's funny because so it's a fat-soluble nutrient. And for, so, for example, you don't need to take vitamin D uh, in divided doses through the day usually, right? But they, CoQ10... That may is, have to do with absorption. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, the need to spread it out. Um, and many years ago, Stephen Sinatra, who had written a book about coenzyme Q10, said to me, yeah, you really need to spread it out during the day. Don't wow. take it all at once. Okay. That's and a, the that's clinical trials have used multiple doses. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, not, not a single high dose. Okay. Um, so, and, and then B vitamins, really important for mitochondrial function, especially niacin, vitamin B3. Um, now there's a whole, um, uh, kind of network of practitioners and patients who are using a niacin protocol to treat long COVID. Um, and I don't necessarily adhere to all the components, uh, everything that they're recommending in that protocol. But I think that if niacin does work, it's probably working because it, it does two things. One is it enhances the activity of um, mitochondrial complex one, which um, starts with niacin um, and it also is enhancing the activity of the, the, the brain's formation of a restorative factor called BDNF or brain derived neurotrophic factor. How high do you have to go with the niacin? Now, do you have to go to the flushing dose that's used for cardiovascular prevention? Uh, probably you have to flush, but I don't think that's, I haven't seen any systematic studies on that. Okay. And it is possible that it doesn't have to be niacin itself. Mm-hmm. Um, that it could be, um, say, um, nicotinamide mononucleotide. NMN or NR. Um, NMN. Um, uh, maybe even um, 
some of the other forms of niacin. Nicotinamide riboside. But, you know, that. Riboside, yeah. Um, uh, maybe even NAD itself. Um, prior to COVID-19, I've seen some pretty good results in about 15 or 20 percent of people who are using NAD mm-hmm. for um, improvement in fatigue. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, so, and then riboflavin. Um, also is see, one of the things um, niacin uh, one of the things that mitochondrial complex one depends on not only only niacin it depends on glutathione um, which rescues it from a free radical damage and oxidative stress which are actually the result of its own activity so N-acetylcysteine or NAC, which is a precursor of glutathione, or even taking glutathione, either intravenously or in a liposomal form, can enhance the activity of mitochondrial complex one. Mm-hmm. Which uh, leads so to NAD those production. Those are all measures the, worth the energy, uh, One of the energy fuels of the body. Uh, right. NAD just... Um, Mitochondrial function, I think, is way too complicated for us to get into now. I mean, we could spend hours talking about what happens in the mitochondria. Um, It's just that it's damaged, that mitochondrial complex one is probably damaged. That starts the whole process Mm -hmm. of energy production. Um, And actually... The mitochondria produce about 70 to 80% of the ATP that your cells need to function. And you also referenced uh, NT factor, uh, which is the glycerophospholipids uh, that are uh, in NT factor as a a plausible therapy. I mean, helpful for some forms of chronic fatigue, Gulf War syndrome. There have been some studies. And you. Yeah, I've I've had some good results. I've had some good results with. Um, with NT factors over the years in people with CFS. Um, and it hasn't been looked at in the context of COVID-19, um, but definitely something worth exploring um, when there's chronic, when fatigue and brain fog are, are major symptoms. Okay, so moving on, I think uh, we touched upon, you know, the... Uh, ACE2 support and mitochondrial support. Now you're talking about repairing organs. And the organs most effective are probably the brain and the lungs, perhaps uh, the nerves and, you know, peripheral neuropathy, the, you know, certainly the, the smell apparatus and taste apparatus. Uh, what do you do for those? Well, there's an interesting study about, um, uh, about um, smell, the sense of smell. Um, and there is a clinical trial going on at Mount Sinai in New York based upon previous research that was done at Stanford and Emory University. Those researchers studied people who had undergone surgery on the, uh, in the um, area at the base of the brain where the pituitary gland is. And people commonly develop loss of smell after that. Um, and giving them fish oils, EPA and DHA, after the surgery, significantly reduced the loss of smell. Um, so it's definitely something if you have anosmia um, associated with COVID-19, you should definitely be on omega-3s. 
they not only may help the anosmia um, in terms of recovery, they're anti-inflammatory. They can help your brain recover. They actually can stimulate the formation of new nerve cells in the in the part of the brain involved in memory, the hippocampus. In adults, the hippocampus is one of two areas in the brain where you can actually generate new cells. That's the memory and center the omega threes. The memory center, right. The omega threes help with that. So they're I think really critical and critically important for long COVID. Um the um so uh alpha lipoic acid is one of the nutrients that is most helpful for healing neuropathy. And uh, I believe that the anosmia, the loss of smell that occurs form, after COVID-19 yeah, a form of neuropathy. Is, a, is a type of neuropathy. So uh, the neuropathy protocol that I use, um, which I recommend for anosmia or parosmia, where the smell is all distorted, mm-hmm. um, and also for painful neuropathies, is alpha-lipoic acid, about 600 milligrams a day, generally 300 milligrams twice a day safe to go higher. Um, B vitamins, um, especially um, vitamin B1, mm-hmm. thiamine at a dose of about 100 milligrams a day. There's a, there's a, there's um, a lipid to form with vitamin benfotiamine, which is used yeah, for Yeah, that's what I generally use. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, benfotiamine. Um, uh, I, um, you have to be careful with vitamin B6. If you overdose on vitamin B6, yep. you can aggravate neuropathy. Exactly. You get a sensory neuropathy. And, yeah. And uh, most of the neuropathies that I've seen post-COVID have been sensory. Um, and then there's a mushroom called lion's mane. Mm. And lion's mane polysaccharides, mm-hmm. which you mostly read about them in the context of the brain. Right. But very helpful for peripheral neuropathy. That's interesting because it's used to counteract chemo brain after mm-hmm. a chemotherapy. Right, right, right. Neuroprotective, yeah. but real, but actually quite good for peripheral neuropathies. Cool. Um, so, um, and and um, methyl and vitamin B twelve, methyl B twelve, and methylfolate. Also. Right. Is there a methylation component to uh, healing uh, long COVID? Because some people with faulty methylation does that make it worse? You know. Uh, so far, I don't think that's been adequately studied. Okay. The methylation thing is stu- something that I began studying in 1984. <laughs> um, and, um, uh, I, yeah, I got really fascinated with it after reading an article in a British journal called The Lancet and then um, meeting with a biological psychologist, psychiatrist who is at University of Alabama in Birmingham when I went down there and reviewing this whole methylation thing. And it became clear to me that this was really important, especially for the brain. Um, there was this article in The Lancet called Methylation and Mood. And so I, I started looking at all of the different pathways and trying to create um, a kind of map of of the methylation, of all the methylation pathways. So I couldn't find it all in one place. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, um, eventually, of course, this became very trendy yeah. in integrative medicine. Uh, sometimes a little overstated, right. I think, um, 
you know, and a little kind of rigid in interpretations. But, but methylation in, in is definitely in studying it. Did it end yeah. up uh, being like crap's last tape? You know, you sort of like uh, it's, it's just kept ramifying and ramifying and ramifying to the point where you said, "Ah, oh, there's some things that some uncertainties here that uh, it's a little hard to hard to nail down." Oh, there are a lot. Of, there are a lot of uncertainties, and um, I mean, frankly, just because somebody has a methylation deficit. Um, doesn't necessarily mean that they don't detoxify, that they're going to have worse yeast problems, um, or worse COVID. or or COVID problems, or or worse Lyme problems. Um, I mean, it's methylation is part of a mar- much larger series of um, events, and I do think that there is value. To looking at methylation-related pathways, um, and there are services that, are, that will do this for you. Um, you yeah, know, for genetic uh, analysis and so on. Yeah, well, yeah, so, genetic analysis, and there's something useful there, but it, but it's not written in stone. Okay. Um, Let's uh, pause because we divide our podcast into two parts. This is actually part three of a four-part uh, podcast on the subject of long COVID. And we're going to continue uh, in part four with some strategies for uh, restoring brain function. Our guest, Dr. Leo Gallen, he has uh, some detailed uh, protocols. If you have long COVID, you may want to direct your healthcare practitioner to them. These are free resources at Dr. Gallant's website, and they're, they're really quite good. Some are, uh, directed to, uh, sophisticated lay people. Other people are, others are directed to a medical audience. Uh, but they're very, very important. And, uh, we appreciate your generosity in making these resources free, Dr. Gallant. So, uh, we'll pause now and, uh, we'll be right back. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. 